What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Sideline Stories. Today, I'm here with Serena Osberg, a Belmont track and field student athlete, creator, and entrepreneur. How are you doing today, Sabrina? Hi, everyone. I'm doing awesome. Super excited to be here. Absolutely. Can you just start, Sabrina, with giving us a quick introduction of yourself? Yeah, of course. I'm a California native, 2022 state champion for Olympic weightlifting and also a 13 plus NIL deal athlete. Awesome. Let's start kind of at the beginning of your journey. When you got to Belmont, were you already starting to make content at that time? And kind of when did you start to see yourself more as an athlete creator? Um, and kind of what made you get into the section of the cross section of being an athlete and also a content creator? Mm, great question. What's unique about me is that I've already been creating content before I even became a college athlete. My Instagram account originally started as a fitness account, which is why at the end of my Instagram handle says underscore fit. Because when I, I was thinking, you know, I want to make an Instagram account to show off my weightlifting and all my CrossFit stuff. I want to be one of those gym rat accounts where it was motivational, inspirational, all that, all that stuff. And so I created as a fitness account. So I'm following all these fitness influencers, doing things like that, what my day in the life at the gym looks like, all these different videos. And that's where I really got my start in content creation. The CrossFit gym I went to, there was a girl around my age, her name's Ellie. And she was viral on TikTok. She had over 300K followers. So she knew what she was doing. And she decided to make a fitness account. And it really just inspired me to make make one as well because she was like oh why don't you make one as well and I was like you know what that's a great idea and then we'll have many competitions we'll be like okay who could grow their following the most in a month then whoever loses like you have to we'll take them out to go eat because we we're really close friends and so we did little competitions and I learned a lot about content creation from her because she already had prior experience on how to gain a following how to grip people's attention to just bring them in to listen to you so a lot of what I learned was based off her and then learning it on my own. Then once I went to college, I was like, okay, this is really cool. I made a lot of gym-based content, but once I went to college, I was not even allowed to have my phone in the gym. There was a lot mm -hmm. of red line tape of what I was able to film. And so I had to change my approach to content creating. So I said, okay, I'm going to make more comedy and relatable content that I can make outside the gym and that's where I really expanded my content outside of my sport that way it's not just Sabrina and throwing it's Sabrina and what she eats in a day it's Sabrina oh she's kind of funny you know she has this relatable content I connect with her and that's how I started content creating absolutely and I think that's when when we look at creators nowadays um the audience wants that connection with the creator that they're a human too that they have good days bad days but funniest moments serious moments um and you know you opening up outside of just watching me watch me power clean but also what do i eat in a day or what did i how did i become a college athlete or i know you had that one content series about the transfer portal i think all of those personalized content series is, is if I had to guess, part of the reason that, you know, your kind of content and, you know, brand, personal brand online kind of rose to the next level. Um, so again, I appreciate the, the insights there. And um, I'm definitely interested to hear your, your answer to what does it mean to be 
an athlete creator in today's world? Mm, it's different because in today's society, you have to wear multiple hats for not just, you know, if you want to be a social media creator, but in any job, really, but specifically as an athlete, you're doing a lot of different things and you only have so much time in a day. I'm a student. I have to go to classes. I'm also an athlete. I have to go to practice. So you really only have so many different time chunks in a day to actually have time to even create content. And so to be an athlete creator is about prioritizing your time, but also still being authentic so that you're not just copying someone else's video. You're making things that are just really authentic to you. And that goes into when people ask me like, hey, like, how do I get, start making content? How do I do what you're doing? How do I grow my following? One of the things I say is like, you need to be authentically you. You need to make stuff that people, not just people want to watch, but things that you actually care about. Because mm -hmm. today's society, people can see straight through what's fake. We have a very evolved audience. They understand how people are making t content and how they're talking. And they're very good at picking up what's not true. And so you want to mm -hmm. be genuine because we have an audience th these days that just knows what they want and they know they want to follow someone's journey. And if you're not showing your journey, they're like, okay, like there's 500 other people who are doing that. Yeah. And I think kind of echoing that point, it's being authentic. And another point I would add is create content that others can't copy because even if they try to make it so unique to your journey and who you are as a person that others couldn't even replicate it if they wanted to. So I think that's really good insight. And I'm, I'm excited to ask you a little bit more later before we, you know, before we wrap up uh, about advice that you would give to, to an aspiring content creator, whether it be a student athlete or, or just someone who wants to be more active, um, whether it be on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, so we'll get to that later. And before, before we head that way, I saw that let, let's just talk NIL for a sec. So, so you started creating content before you even got to college. Now you're a sophomore in college. You're starting right. to see social media growth because of, like you said, your consistency, um, your authenticity, your, uh, you know, relatability and decision to kind of take it out of the just weight room and be show more about yourself and who you are, you were able to by yourself, you know, garner, was it 19 NIL deals so far? Yes. So, so maybe talk about how you were able to facilitate 19 NIL deals and maybe talk about a few of your favorites, but also just how that experience has, you know, shape your str strategy when it comes to content creation? Mm, that's, I love that question. I'll share the story of how I got my first NIL deal. When you do deals, you want to do deals with brands that just align with your values or that you honestly like using. And for me, that was this brand called First Forum. They're a supplement, supplement company that's really popular in the CrossFit space. And they're just the first supplement brand I've ever used. They taught me about supplements and, you know, how to use them, what kind of things you need, you know, oh, take creatine, maybe some protein powder if you're not getting enough protein in your diet. And they just taught me all that stuff. So I really wanted to work with them. 
And what I did to approach them, I just went straight to their Instagram DMs. I DM them, hey, love to work with you. And they're really interested. So they sent me the director of sponsorships uh, text, her phone number. I got on a call with her. Her name's Taylor, had an awesome conversation. She's like, hey, what? We would love to work with you. I'm their first ever student athlete to ever work with them and do uh, a deal with them. So that was really cool. I had a five-month deal with them and just being able to work with them. And it was just a dream come true. You know, you talk about your dream brand deal. That was my dream brand deal. And that was my first ever deal. So I was really pumped about that. So I'm on a high thinking, you know, I just have to DM all these companies and they'll reach back just like this company did. Well, that was short lived because now you're facing all these consistent no's or just companies ghosting you. And that was one of my approaches to finding different companies because then I would go on Instagram. I had like a customized template that I would use and I'll I'll change it. Be like, hey, like, love your brand. This is my favorite product from you guys. Explain who I am very briefly. Then say, hey, love to work with you. Who can I contact? What's an email I can contact? Or is there someone you can connect me with to like talk about this further? Because the people on social media aren't the ones that are going to be getting you the deal. They just run the social media. Right, right. So then they would guide me to someone or I just get ghosted. And I had on my notes app on my phone, I would keep track of all these different companies. So like, okay, I had different emoji that meant different things. All right, one company, cool. This is the date that I DM them. And then I'll wait a couple days. I'll check back on the list and be like, okay this has this emoji, that means it's time to follow up. So I follow with these brands as many times as it took until they answered. So some brands I would DM up to five different times, six different times until they actually answered. And that's where I really learned a lot of life skills through NIL. And that's something that people don't talk about. When you take NIL seriously, it teaches you life skills. One of them, for example, was the power of following up. Because I learned that lots of brands will see your message and then they won't answer. So if you keep following up with them, they'll eventually answer. And the same applies to jobs. You know, if you want to find a job, you need to follow up with the person. And so I thought that was really cool. Another thing I learned from NIL is the power of negotiation. In the beginning, I would do brand deals that were just free, just for free, like free product. Or Mm -hmm. maybe they gave me $50 for one video, which is very underpaid. But I didn't really know what a good amount to be paid was as an athlete. No one taught me compensation values, how much you should get paid, how much you should charge. That was a lot of research I had to do on my own just from experience. I eventually learned like, hey, I'm more than $20 for a video for the amount of following I have. But that mm-hmm. took time and experience for me to learn that. So I had a couple deals along the way. I'd be like, okay, like, I don't really... I don't really want to do this for $50, but this is a real a brand I really love, but something might come out of it later if I do it for this lower value. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple other brand deals. One of my favorite brand deals I did recently with the National Zoo. I'm actually one of the first athletes to do a deal with a nonprofit like a zoo. And so I think that was really cool. I went to this event called Zoomalation where they have over a thousand Chinese lanterns. And I went over there, did some content for them. Another deal that I've been working on right now is with Noble. They're a huge shoe company and I've teamed up with Market Price and they made a video that's a 30 second pitch to Noble why they should sponsor me. So right now that's 
been going viral a little bit on my Instagram and on LinkedIn to get their attention to hopefully do, do a deal with them. And I think Noble just merged with the Brady brand, if I'm not mistaken, as of this morning. So we'll make sure to, uh, to, to share that as well to help you out. But I think there was, you know, some real value to what you said throughout your answer. But I really want to focus on, you know, some of the lessons that you've learned since taking NIL seriously, um, including following up in that persistency, but also... Um, you know, this power of negotiation. And I think you're right. When when student athletes start doing NIL deals, they say yes to $50 or $20 because they don't know, like you said, the industry standard. They don't know um, the brand awareness and the value that they, that they, you know, are able to bring forth when they do partnerships. So I really, you know, respect for doing the research and also doing, being organized enough to knowing when to follow up, how to follow up. And I think some of it sounds like too is understanding that you just kind of have to shoot your shot. And maybe sometimes brands will never DM you back. But at the end of the day, if you are taking shots and taking at bats, the more the better and understanding that you're not going to shoot, you're not going to go 100 for 100 on DMs. But even if you get 15 or 20 to answer you, those could lead to 10, 15, 20 partnerships. So um, in that vein, I wanted to ask you kind of what's your attitude and approach towards NIL deals? Is it quality over quantity or is it the more the merrier? I would say quality over quantity. Yes, it's great. I've done 19 plus NIL deals, but I'm very picky with the brands I work with. I don't want to you know, promote a product to my followers that I don't even use. That's just mm -hmm. going back to authenticity. If you don't even use a product, then it's like, why are you promoting it? It's not about one-off deals anymore. NIL has evolved so that they're looking towards long-term partnerships. And so when I look at companies I want to work with, I think, okay, one, do I use this company? Do I use this product? Do I like their product? Is it a new product I'm interested in using? Yes or no. And then secondly, is do I align with their values? You know, I see lots of college athletes team up with McDonald's, which is great, but I'm a fitness account. And everyone knows me as like a healthy fitness person. So if I'm over here promoting McDonald's, that doesn't make sense to my followers and it doesn't align with my values and who I am. So you have to think about, okay, like, what kind of content are you producing and does it match up with these companies? Because the better it matches up with companies, the more that the product you're promoting is going to resonate with your followers. Right. Absolutely. And as much as I try to avoid McDonald's, I think, I think everyone has a McDonald's cheat day, but you're right. If you're having, if it's a fitness account and if it's about, you know, trying to limit those cheat days and you have partnerships with McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever it may be. I definitely see how that would be a little bit ironic, but um, yeah. who knows? Maybe McDonald's will, will hit you up to, uh, you know, promote their new like chicken Caesar wrap or something a little healthier. Right. Like uh, Snickers just came out with this bar. It's a protein bar. And I was hmm. like, okay, like maybe I'll do something like that with Snickers. You know, I'm not always going to promote candy, but maybe I'll promote something where it's like, oh, this high protein thing, because something else to keep in mind is your audience. I have mm -hmm. a huge audience of young teens 
who are specifically athletes. I have, from going through different sports, I've collected a huge mass of followers in different categories. So I have a huge bunch of followers from CrossFit. I have a huge bunch of followers from Olympic weightlifting. I have, I even did Spartan racing at one point in my life. So I have uh, different obstacle course racers who follow me as well. So I have Mm -hmm. different pockets of fitness fanatics that follow me. So I'm like, okay, like these are young people. When you think about that, not just creating content, but also like with the brand, you're like, okay, like is the content I'm making something that they'll understand, that they'll relate with, that they'll actually engage with? Because if you're making content to targeted towards a 40 year old, then it's, but your audience is like a whole bunch of teens that does, it's not going to hit with them. So you also have to keep your audience in mind. Absolutely. And as we're moving on, kind of just starting to wrap up, I wanted to spend a little bit more time on this, but can you just tell me, I know you attended the NIL summit and then you were also involved with Meta's NIL and Power 3.0 program. Can you just maybe talk a little bit about each one and maybe one major lesson or takeaway from each? Yeah. So for the NIL summit, I actually found out about it the week before it happened. This has been something that was planned forever, but then I didn't even know it existed. It was the second year they did it last year. And it's this huge summit where you have over 500 plus student athletes, over 25 plus brands, huge brands. Instagram was there, Celsius, all these different brands. And so I went through a backdoor, actually. I was currently in the transfer portal when uh, your school's supposed to pay for you to go, but they wouldn't pay for me to go anymore because I was in the transfer portal. So I talked to the event company that was putting on the whole summit and I said, hey, like this is my situation. Can you help me get in? They're like, yeah, like why not? And so they paid for my ticket fee there and I just had to pay for a way to get there. And I live two hours away from Atlanta, which is where the event was held. So I actually was able to go to this event. And as I mentioned, Instagram was a sponsor for the event. So that's where I found out about the Meta 3.0 summit or not summit, but program that they had through going to the NIL summit. And I was like, okay, like this sounds really cool. Later in the summer after I applied to it, I wasn't sure if I got in or not, but then I found out that out of a thousand applicants, I was chosen as one of 30 female student athletes from across the country into this program. Now, what does this program consist of? It's five months of training from three different coaches and one career coach. And every month we have a different training on different topics. So one of the topics was threads. Right when threads came out, we had a whole session about the one-on-one on threads, how to use it, how to grow on it, what's the intention behind it. And it was really cool because it's, it's like you have a back door into what's happening and you have all these analytics and insights that not everyone else has. One of my favorite parts about this program was the career coach side. I'm on the younger side, I'm a sophomore in college, And so I was learning about professionalism. I didn't even know what an email signature was until I joined this program. And it's little things like that that just made me stand out from my peers. One of the things that they pushed in this program was joining LinkedIn. When you talk about making connections and growing towards your career, LinkedIn is the place to be. I'm one of the few college athletes that you'll see on LinkedIn. And it's just not something that people talk about enough, at least during my age. And so I was like, okay, like I got on LinkedIn, you know, I think that's how we met and just learning about all these different things. And so that really set me up for the future because now I have connections that I did not previously have once I joined this program. 
And something that helped me to get more deals was my prof professionalism because lots of brands were very impressed. Like, hey, like you're young, but you know how to present yourself. I, I respond very on like a timely manner to companies. I'm very respectful. I know how to phrase things in a way. And that's something that this program has taught me. So that way, you know, you could do deals in the best way possible. 100%. And that's something that I really recognized when we first connected on LinkedIn, I recognized a few things. One thing I'll say is that I was really impressed with how you're able to attend like an in-person event or the virtual um, NIL program through Meta and just have these kind of big picture takeaways. It was clear to me that you were able to see the big picture and articulate things that you've learned, um, things that you've walked away with, taken away. So that's definitely something that stuck out to me. But I also think something that really separates you, Sabrina, is your ability to repurpose. So knowing what type of content is going to perform well on TikTok versus Instagram versus um, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, no matter what it is, I think LinkedIn, let's be real, when people log on LinkedIn, they don't want to see a TikTok type video all the time. Sometimes they do. Um, I really liked your transfer portal, like part one and part two content series, because that's the type of insight when people sign on to LinkedIn, that's what they're looking for. Um, and maybe some of your younger followers on TikTok, they would also want to see that type of content, but maybe they also want to see a little bit more laid back and comedy style, comedy type content. So I think something that really stuck out to me about your ability to repurpose and like know for each platform who your audience is and how to curate and how to match those audiences like wants and needs. Um, last thing I'll quickly say is just, I think the NIL ecosystem and environment is a big one. There's a lot of different actors and players and perspectives, but I think sometimes the athlete's voice can get, I don't want to say lost, but I, I would say like muffled, right? You have brands, you have agents, you have lawyers, you have fans, you have universities, athletic directors, you have so many people in this NIL ecosystem um, that sometimes the athlete voice and what they're thinking about things like conference realignment, the transfer portal, NIL developments, mental health, all of these important topics. Um, I don't want it to get lost in any way, shape or form. And Fact, I think it should be at the forefront. And I think people like yourself being active on LinkedIn, being part of the conversation is just so important um, when we think about NIL and college athletics moving forward. For sure. And first of all, thank you so much for sharing the kind words and recognizing that um, I repurposed my content to match the style and my audience because that's something that I do take into consideration. So I'm happy that you noticed that. But I definitely agree. It's um, NIL continues to change. You know, how it is today is not going to be the same in two months, in six months. Next year is going to be completely different how we look at NIL with all these different collectives and all these different companies that are trying to work with NIL to help you manage it. I work with different companies. You know, I work with the athlete licensing company in Nashville where they help you uh, manage your NIL deals. And so I've seen different sides of what it looks like, you know, from a business aspect and as someone who actually does it. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes to in the future. 
Yeah, and kind of on that note, what are do you have any predictions for NIL? Um, kind of as as student athletes continue to showcase their ability to be, you know, businessmen, businesswomen, entrepreneurs, creators. What, what are your predictions for NIL, whether it be six months or one year down the road, and and even further? Yeah. So one thing I think will happen is that the brands will continue to be more picky with NIL. And as we mentioned earlier, we're talking about one-off deals. You're not going to see as many of those anymore because now you have more marketplaces like Postgame and Mogul where they give you those opportunities, but you're not going to get those opportunities elsewhere. You know, I work with Galette Venus through Postgame, but if, you know, if I were to DM them on Instagram, they, par- they probably wouldn't respond. So yes, you have deals and campaigns like that, but there's not going to be as many of that outside of that in the future. Another thing I will say is that I really do think that people keep pushing NILs for everyone, NILs for everyone. I agree with that to an extent. NIL is for everyone. But you have to add on this second part is that it's for everyone who's willing to put the work in. Content creation is a separate job, and you have to put time, consistency, and effort into that. And that's not something everyone wants to do. I've had conversations with my teammates before. I'm like, hey, like, you know, are you interested in NIL? Is that like, that's something you're going to do? And they're like, no, I just don't have time for it. And it goes back to the fact that we are student athletes and our time is limited. And it's not something that everyone's also passionate about. For me, content creation is a hobby. You know, you talk about mental health. It's something I find as an outlet and I really enjoy doing, but not everyone enjoys doing content. They don't know how to do social media, how it works, and they're not seeing it the same way I am which is totally okay because it's not for everyone. A third thing I will say, the last thing is education. NIL is something that's still relatively new in the sense that more people are doing it and are now talking about a lot more. But if you're not in the NIL space, you don't know a lot about NIL. I've had conversations with brands and they don't even know what NIL is. And so educating these brands, the companies, the fans and everyone, once people are on the same platform or just the same baseline of what it is, especially as we have all these rules and regulations that are trying to be added to it, then it'll be like, okay, like we know what this is. We know how to work with it. And especially for student athletes, like how to actually get involved with it as well. Absolutely. Dropping gems right now. Um, We're still only like two and a half, I believe, years into NIL. Mm -hmm. So I think it's still in its infancy. But all of those points you just you just made, I think are spot on. And I appreciate you know, you shedding light on your personal experience and how it helps kind of shape these predictions. And and one last thing I'll, I'll add on before I ask you one last question is just, you know, maybe there are people out there, student athletes who want to be involved and want to do the content creation. But when you say the blood, sweat and tears, it's are they willing to put the time in to be consistent and to consistently edit and think of captions and hashtags and maybe getting on some trends, but also understanding that trends come and go. And you, if you want to be consistent about who you are as a personal brand, um, maybe shying away from just doing trends every day. Um, so I think very, very spot on. Um, last question I have for you is, how do you manage creator burnout? And how do you prioritize your mental health? Because I think that's something that doesn't always get talked about a lot. But being a creator, being always on, you know, whether it's making content for brands or for your personal brand, um, kind of how do you manage creator burnout to make sure that you can perform as a student athlete, as a student and an athlete and a creator? 
I like this because I actually had creator burnout the start of my first semester in the fall last year. And so this is kind of fresh for me to talk about. When that happened, I if, if you don't know what creator burnout is, it's more of where you just don't feel motivated to do it. You know, you don't feel like creating content. You're kind of questioning like, why am I creating content? Is this really something I want to do? And for me, I was just like, oh, you know, I do this every day. I have to do this. It almost became a chore in a sense. And so something I did to fight that was just do things outside of creating content. You know, that is one of my hobbies and it's something I enjoy doing, but sometimes it just feels like it's something that you consistently have to do. It's a thing on your checklist that never gets checked off. So it's always in the back of your mind, like, hey, I have to create content. Hey, I can't eat this food until the gram eats it first. It's something that you're always thinking about that you have to create like, oh, like this, you want to live in the moment, but it's sometimes hard to fight that balance of living the moment and also recording the moment so that other people can relive it with you. And so sometimes I'll be like, okay, like I want to be in this moment. So I just won't record it. But then sometimes later in the future, I'll be like, oh, but that was a really cool moment that I could have posted about. And so find that balance, but then also remembering your why and why you're doing it. Recently, I've been really into posting on Snapchat. You know, I learned that Snapchat's a hidden gem that no one talks about. You can make money on Snapchat. I've been on it for a month now and I already made 10K on Snapchat. Are you kidding me? What? No one talks about this. So if you're out there, you don't, you're not on Snapchat, start posting on Snapchat spotlights. It's basically all the content you're already making just onto a different platform. Super cool stuff. And so I just really fell in love with just making things that I love again and just creating content that more I enjoy versus other people enjoy. Because for me, I was, I was always thinking, are people going to like this? Is this something that people are interested in versus do I enjoy making this? Is this something I want to put out there? And so sometimes it does go back to what you're interested in and making content also just for you. Because in the beginning, I'll make things that I could go back to later and watch again because I'm my own biggest fan. So I went back to that, oh, I'm my own biggest fan. What else do I want to see? What do I want to put out there? Because it is your page and you're presenting yourself to the world. Absolutely. And I really like that point about seeing it more as there's definitely a balance of wanting to record it and just live it in the moment, but also seeing that balance of instead of making content for others, which I think authenticity also plays a role there seeing it more as I'm going to make this for myself so I could look back on it, whether it be tomorrow or a year down the line or 10 years down the line. And that's something that I was interested in. I'm proud of. It acts almost like a personal diary, if you will. Um, so mm, for sure. super... something, something else I add really quick is that I found that some of the content that I just purely made for me performed the best. And so I was like, oh, I don't think people are going to like it. The next thing you know, it blows up and has over a million views. I'm like, oh, okay. People definitely like it. Um, so that, Sabrina, very, very, I learned a lot during this episode. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time. You dropped a lot of really, really valuable insights that can help people who are interested in the NIL space, hoping to, you know, facilitate their own NIL deals. So Thank you so much for taking the time. At the time, the floor is yours. If you want to add anything that we didn't get to or any you know, mic drop words, the, the floor is yours. And, and please let us know where to find you on social as well so people can follow along with your journey. 
Yes. Yeah, so last thing I'll add, you know, follow me on my socials. And if you do have any questions, if you want to do something that you're passionate about, follow the people who are already doing it. That's something I learned how to create content. I followed the best content creators in my niche. And I, I saw what they're doing. I analyzed it and made it my own. So do that for yourself in like whatever niche you're doing. If you want to connect with me, I'm on every platform you can think of except Twitter. So my Instagram, Sabrina10 underscore fit. And you could find that across my channels. In my bio, I have all my other channels in there as well. But thank awesome. you so much for having me on today. Absolutely. Thank you, Sabrina. Excited to see your student athlete journey um, at Belmont. In addition, all of your channels, guys, make sure to follow her. We will be following along. Excited to see how you continue on in your journey. And again, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.